This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipfortheartsgroup.org. Hi, Dave. Hi, Nanette. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm feeling blessed and I'm excited about our guest today. Me too. So we are going to be talking with Wendy Smith. And Wendy, I think you and I met, I don't know, three or four years ago through your work as a plein air artist. That's right. Yes. Good to see you. Welcome to the show. Oh, yes. Thank you very (laughs) much. Welcome to the show. I was doing my little lead-in to introduce Wendy. So she's an artist. Mm -hmm. And so much more. Yes. But then sometime after that, there was suddenly an exhibit at the Visual Arts Center. And it was these, you know, lovely paintings. And I found out that they had been created by people with Alzheimer's and other brain disorders that Wendy had been working with. Oh, okay. And through an organization called Art Without Boundaries. That's right. Right. So I thought this would be an awesome topic to share with our audience because oh. I think it's a I, I think it's something that people probably don't know that much about. And very important. Yeah. I agree. Thank you for having me. So yes. Thank so welcome. Thank welcome. You. Okay, so my first question, I'm just going to get it out there, that the name of this therapy is very difficult, maybe not difficult to pronounce, but you would not necessarily pronounce it the correct way just looking at how it's spelled. So because I said, so what's going on with this meme therapy? It's spelled M-N-E-M-E. So first thing, Wendy, tell us how you actually pronounce this. You pronounce it like a little girl's name, Emma, with a N in front of it. So it's Nema therapy is phonetically how you want to say it. I will try and remember that. (laughs) Wendy, is that an acronym? It is derived, it is sort of a nickname from the Greek goddess of memory. And I believe you pronounce this in Greek, Nemosyne. Nemosyne. And so it's NEMA therapy, and the reason Noel Hammer, the founder of Art Without Boundaries, named it this was because Mnemosyne was the Greek goddess and mother of the muse, music, and art. Mm. And so this is why, how it creates a problem quite often, and uh, for those who just want to try to remember it, uh, Art Without Boundaries could be referred to. But nematherapy, I know it's kind of funny, but my sister, who can never say it, just says, how is that M&M therapy going? <laughs> so that's my story about right. nematherapy. Right. So now uh, tell us a little bit about what nematherapy is. And how you got involved in it. Well, uh, unfortunately, my dad passed from Alzheimer's. He suffered with Alzheimer's for about 11 years. Mm. And I believe in my heart uh, that 
had nematherapy been available to us and my dad, uh, we certainly would have had a lot more pleasant days with dad. And I had retired here to Florida, to Punta Gorda, and I was starting to pick up brushes again. I had not oil painted in 38 years, and I started painting and feeling really wonderful about it, but feeling a little bit of a hole in myself, like, what am I doing? What am I doing for someone else? And I, I could use a little bit of pocket change, and I thought, what could I do? And I ended up researching a little bit about these art bars and paint parties and thinking, oh, maybe I could be an art bar artist or something. And it turns out, I googled up this uh, art bar in Cape Coral and found a bio on a lot of the artists there. And one of the bios said that this woman was a nematherapist with Art Without Boundaries Association, uh, which is a nonprofit organization. Okay. And it explained that she works with Alzheimer's patients and dementia patients in art. And I don't know, sometimes in life things find you. Mm-hmm. This is one of those moments for me. It mm-hmm. was like, I need to look into this. It just this. jumped off the page. It mm-hmm. certainly did. And I Googled that up and said, gee, look at this. This is for me. That's it. And I knew there's no going back. So I took a course. Uh, and it, uh, to become a certified nematherapist, you must be an artist first. Really? Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, there have been a few folks that have become nematherapists. But they struggle uh, that are not artists, that were nurses or just were interested in helping others. And I have really realized my, my talent for art or my gift of uh, understanding art and how it works. And it's not all that much to learn. But because I was comfortable with art and color, it was a no-brainer for me when I have situations in my work I, have, I really do have to call upon my art experience. And for that, I now understand it is really imperative. I will not train another person to become a nematherapist unless they have some kind of an art background. Right. Necessary in relation to the work. Yes. The idea behind what we do is to create a painting by the client, by the person who has dementia or Alzheimer's or is, is could simply be a little depressed or going, or has had a stroke. But what we want to create in is a feeling of creating something that we artists are able to help them create a painting through different strokes that we that we do. And I'll tell you about that, but that we would like to make sure that they have genuine praise at the end. Okay. So then you're meeting a new client. Yeah. What's the first thing you do with them? First thing I do is introduce myself. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which which is, is simple to say, but the introduction of myself to them, the moment this client will walk in the room or will be pushed into the room if they're in a wheelchair, is I want to go up to them and eye to eye and say, Hi, my name is Wendy Smith. It is a pleasure to meet you. And I say to them, I wonder if you would help me today. Interesting. And I don't say, would you like to paint today? Hmm. The reason I don't say that is a lot of people have had experiences in their lives where they have done some art in elementary school, let's say. 
and someone has made fun of the way they did their stick figure. Uh, discouraged. They're discouraged. So they mostly work with elders. We also are trained to work with children on the spectrum as well, on the autism spectrum. Now, Wendy, you mostly work with seniors, correct? Yes. Okay, so you've done the introduction. You've, you've met them eye to eye, as you said. What's the key? How do you engage them? them? They find it. Um, if I ask them for help with a project, mm-hmm. this generation, God bless them, they just want to be of help. Well, I don't know, but if I'd like to help, but I don't really know what I'm doing. As long as they are willing to try, that is the key. Okay. If we can engage them by asking them to try to help me, I have now got their attention. And you're creating a partnership with them. That's right. right. And it's a one uh, nematherapy is a one-on-one experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in my meeting them, I'm also right away assessing, can they walk? Are they walking? Are they in a wheelchair? Um, are they able to respond to me? So just in that meeting and introducing myself, I am already assessing who this person is as best I can. Mm-hmm. We're not told what their issues are, usually. So right, when you, do you work with a group or is it just an individual each time you choose? I work individuals one-on-one. Uh-huh. I usually would call it corporate. I'll go to a corporate uh, gig, if you will. Okay. Uh, and that would be a two-hour session, NEMA therapy session. In that two hours, I can work with three people. Okay. However, I have recently, um, last year, two years, worked with a psychologist up in Cape Cod, uh, and I am now doing what we call almost like a paint party, where I'm working with group, with a group, mm. which is wonderful, because NEMA therapy um, is a therapy, is something that will, can affect their brain will cause synapses in the brain um, that will and can change them. They can start to speak. Um, they can see better. Uh, it, we do not promise this. Right. It's a hypothesis, but we have testimonials. We have documentaries that prove that. And as you mentioned, that it works with uh, people with autism as well. Yes. I have looked at your brochure just a little bit, and it is distinguishable from art therapy. That's right. Nematherapy and art therapy are two different things. I'm so proud of you. You got that right. See? I've been practicing, actually. And <laughs> therapy. And if you say M&M, I know what you're okay. saying. Okay. <laughs> so explain the difference. The difference between nematherapy and being an art therapist is, first of all, a four-year degree Oh, well. is what you need wow. for to be an art therapist. And most states require you to have a four-year degree and have a license to be an art therapist. Mm. I am a certified nematherapist, so I am not licensed by the state as an art therapist. Okay. Which is psychology? That's right. Uh, and that is why we want to hire artists, because an art therapist is angle is mostly about the emotional and psychological results of a painting. Okay. Mostly. They're now certainly incorporating what I do a little bit, which is wonderful. But it's mostly a psychological mm-hmm. art therapy. is psychological. Yes. Versus ours is a uh, instructional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
Interesting. So now talking about sort of the the goal of having these clients create something that generates praise that they feel very positive about. I, I see that Wendy brought some paintings with her to show us of her works, uh, her clients' work. And I know that she also did this exhibit and brought everybody together. That was really, I'm sure, an amazing experience, you know, not only for us as the viewers, but for the artists, for the clients. That was a very special mm -hmm. experience for me here. Mm -hmm. I also did the same thing up on Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. and it, it's extremely rewarding. I almost feel guilty. Um, and someone says, oh, isn't this wonderful what you do? Well, I think I probably get more out of it than people that I work with, honestly. Uh, that's wonderful. I really, really do. So, Wendy, what are all the different type of things you do in therapy? Nematherapy is, is that we use a combination of singing, of everyday pleasantries, if you will, but that we hope will stimulate both sides of the brain and balance both sides of the brain and maybe cause a synapsis in the brain that will start making pathways, new pathways around damaged areas of the brain or undeveloped areas of the brain or just waking up different parts of the brain that haven't been woken up for a while. Stimulating them with singing, movement, directed painting, which mm -hmm. is part of what we do with mm -hmm. different strokes, which I can tell you later, but also storytelling and then praise, but the praise being genuine praise. So what happened when we did this show here is we carried further not only the paintings that these wonderful folks did, but we framed them and we showed them and put them up on a wall and invited them and their families in the community to see it. And for me, just seeing this bus pull up from Cape Coral, I think it was Juniper Village in Cape Coral, having them come in on their wheelchairs or whatever and looking up and pointing to their paintings and telling them. And their family members came. Yes. yes. And um, you made note cards also. I, I did. I, I think it's so, so important um, and helpful for the community to learn about them. Yes. Bit. So I was able to, I thought, what would I like to learn if I saw these? Right. And uh, having done a few small exhibits on Cape Cod, I was amazed at how many people were so taken by the age of the artist. Oh. Yes. And yes. so what I did was, uh, I think I had something like an index card, but I had a photograph. This was all with written permission, by the way, because they're very respectful for their privacy. So what I had was this little kind of a index card with a photograph of the artist holding their painting. So you see Water. their reaction the moment they finished it, which is the genuine praise, big smile on their face. So you see them and their painting. You also saw their first name, last initial, and their age. Wendy, what is the average age of your clients? Because I work with seniors, oh gosh, I've had as young as 63 and as old as 102. 102? Wow. 102. Was, <laughs> she was amazing. I mean, and she was an artist and she was actually very high functioning. She just happened to be old. She did not have dementia. Maybe a little bit of being old dementia, but she definitely was pretty darn clear headed and told me how my sand didn't look like sand. We worked together to 
<laughs> so precious. The average, I guess, would probably be about eighty-five or ninety. Really, just an amazing scenario. I loved it. So that was a really special day for me. Yeah, it was. It was an experience that my uh, mentor, Ashley Randolph, actually from uh, Fort Myers, who trained me, told me a story that I tell if I do a lecture or anything that I thought was so. So I think I might have even put it in my brochure, and it was that she was working with this woman, and, and she finished her painting, and it was framed, and it was put up on the wall in the hallway of this museum. And the next time Ashley came in to do another mammotherapy session, she saw her client who had painted with her, and said, "No, stop, stop!" And she turned and she pointed to her painting on the wall. And she said to the woman pushing her in her wheelchair, she said, "See, I can still do things." To me, that just speaks volumes. That yeah. taking a painting that they do and not putting it in the drawer, but naming the painting, extremely important. You'll see that on all of the things we do. And what what's important about naming the painting? Well, that is our storytelling part of naming the painting. And that is again trying to get them to work with both sides of the brain and stimulating maybe a memory. So, what's the process of getting to where they can name their painting? First thing I do is I, when I have them sit down after I've met them, is I do some assessment exercises, and I then have a book it's called my inspiration book. Mm-hmm. But I have ten pictures in my inspiration book for them to view. And I hold the book in front of them, and usually florals and landscapes uh, of either the ocean or mountains or trees—something that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Floral, we can all relate to. It's cheerful, it's happy, but we're looking at two different things: a floral, a landscape. And then I will sneak in a few other special things that I've done, knowing the time of year on my Christmas trees. I might be told, and I have been told. Someone skiing because this gentleman loves to ski, and his wife's nickname is Ski. And we're hoping that we can give her this as a gift. This oh, my birthday, etc. So you hope that they might pick something that they relate to that speaks to them. Right. So we're showing this book, and they are turning the pages, and I'm helping them, but I'm asking them to turn the pages themselves. In turning the pages, they're looking right and left. Which is again engaging both sides of the brain. So, in every single thing that we are doing, we are trying to. It's very purposeful. I mean, it's right. like all the little nuances that you would just think would happen automatically, but everything you're doing is triggering those responses that these people maybe have lost. That's right. There's a little uh, section in our brain that is called the amygdala, like reflex. That's right. And it's uh, the flight fight response in your brain. And, uh, someone throws a ball and you, you're going to blink. That's you're not thinking; you just automatically do it. Amygdala is alive and kicking right till those last days of an Alzheimer's patient, hmm. and that is usually out of balance with acetylcholine and dopamine. And what we are doing with color, with singing, with movement, with surprising them with a quick movement. With strokes of our brushes, different strokes will stimulate different areas、mm. of the brain. We are trying to stimulate and balance 
that dopamine and acetylcholine in the amygdala. Hmm. So when that is done, when that is being worked on, that is when you start seeing these synapses happen, hopefully. Uh, if nothing does happen, we will promise probably a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> At a minimum. In a pretty painting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you're not going to believe it, but we're going to have to call this the end of the part one interview already because we are about out of time. So, Wendy, thank you for coming and joining us on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank for having you. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Wendy, and telling us about the incredible work that you are doing uh, to help these, these people. It's just wonderful. And we will look at getting back with you and doing part two. So in the meantime, we'd like to say to everyone, thank you for joining us again. Make sure you come back and join us for part two of our interview with Wendy Smith. So Nanette, you have a good day. Dave, you too. And uh, we'll talk to you at the next show. Join us next week on Partnership for the Arts talk show for more of our conversation. Where we talk the therapy of art with nematherapist Wendy Smith. This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org.